Pastor Dave Rolf challenges believers to step out of their comfort zone and reach out. Why don't you extend your vision of who the church is? And why don't you look for opportunities? And, and maybe you can even, we all can't go, but we can all send. We can all encourage others to go. We can say, hey, here's an opportunity. Go and represent us and do this. And so, you know, look outside yourselves. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. Most Americans these days could be described as self-centered and are focused inward. It's seen in how we live and even in how we choose to spend our resources and time. Today on The Balanced Word, Pastor Dave Rolf urges us to reach out, go out, and send out. It may be uncomfortable and even costly, but God will be pleased if it's done for His glory and with the right heart. We're near the end of our series in 1 Corinthians. We'll meet you in chapter 16. We here in the United States so often lose perspective on what's going on around the world. And we understand, if we look into it a little bit, that there are people in other parts of the world who are suffering for their faith, Many of them who are getting by on almost nothing, starving, and, and here, you know, the gospel is going out, and they love God, and they even have no idea of how we live. And I think Paul here is exhorting us, put a little something aside, and think about maybe even going yourself to go and say this. Now, I used to never bother going on like missions trips myself because I felt like, and what can I do over there? I don't speak the language. I'd, what difference am I going to, to make? And, and, and so, so I'll give, but let's just ship the money over there. And I used to be really down on short-term missions trips because I would think we're spending so much money sending our people over there. And I would think we'd be better off just sending the money over there. But here I see this, you know, Paul going, no, get somebody from your group to go personally. Because I think that a human presence even means more. Not only that, when that person from Corinth would go over and see the need, they come back and report on it and it inspires everyone else to, to get involved as well. And so I, I think this is really important. I try to get out at least once a year on a missions trip. I don't like to be away from church. I don't really like to be away from home. I really am not, you know, real, really appreciative of new and exotic menus, those kinds of things. But I understand that for me to to put myself out of a comfort zone a little bit and to go and do it, when people see that someone from over here loves them enough to go over there, it just means something that you can't quantify in terms of dollars and cents. And where does the money come from? Well, come on, we, we're so prosperous. God has given us such an abundance. And, and I think that the idea here is sometimes, hey, when you go to Claim Jumper and they bring out that, that eight-layer devil's cake or whatever, they, they, how about just going, boy, I could do that and just stick it on my credit card and I wouldn't think of it. 
But how about I'll just take that $6 or whatever it is, and in my head right now, that's going in the slush fund. And now, if that's something that really would ruin your dinner, you could do what I do. When I go there, I'll just go ahead and pass up on the salad, and I'll put the money for the and then I'll eat the cake. But <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> but... Throwing a little something aside, how about when, you know, when you're going out to lunch and just think, you know, I'll get something a little cheaper and that's going to save me three bucks and now that three dollars is going into a fund. Just to put it aside so it's there, so that it's not like, oh, I found out about a need, now where am I going to get the money? I'll go into debt to do it. No, just get in the habit every week of sticking it aside and making it available. And it's really an enjoyable thing when you do it. One of the things that I do, when I do weddings and when I speak places and stuff like that, and people give me money for it, I always just toss it aside into a drawer, and that's my, like, slash fund to do things for the Lord, when a need comes up or an opportunity, it's, it's a good feeling to have that already there. And I don't miss the money. I could spend it on something else, but you don't miss it if you don't think about it. Just stick it aside. And, you know, I know when we go on missions trips, often the missions board will allocate like an extra $500. And whenever we go on the trip, we take $500. And the idea is let's find something cool to do with this $500. And uh, there are other times when I remember one time we were in Thailand and, and, they, and a girl in our church had saved up her money and she had a little over $100 and she said, can you go do something for the orphans in Thailand with this money? And so we're like, yeah. So we have all this change and everything. And we took it over. And with that money, we took all the kids from the orphanage in Chiang Rai. And we took them. We thought we'd take them out for ice cream. Well, we took them, got them on a boat. They went down a river. They went on elephant rides. Most of them had never ridden an elephant. We did that. Then bought them ice cream, all on like $106 or something like that. And what that says to those kids, they know that there's a church over here and there's somebody over here that's thinking of them and saying, hey, I want you to have a fun day. I want you to be blessed in this way. And when we take money somewhere, it's like burning a hole in our pocket. We're like, oh man, what am I going to do with it? It's the, it's the greatest feeling that you get since you were a kid and you got money and you were like, oh, what am I going to do with this? I remember I had an uncle, he was actually my mom's uncle, and we thought he was really rich because every time there was a family get-together, he'd pull out a wad of $1 bills and give everyone a dollar. And, you know, nowadays with kids in our society, if you start pulling out $1 bills, they're like, well, what's this? You know, what am I, I going to do with that? But, you know, there are places in the world where somebody could eat for a week on less than a dollar. And it's our opportunity to do that. And, I, and, and what Paul is saying, and it's not just for the Jerusalem church, because the truth is, the way those people handled their money, after it's gone, they're probably still trying to be hippies and, and still not getting their act together. As much as anything, it's for the Corinthians themselves to realize that it's a good feeling to let go of some of what I, I could have spent it and I wouldn't have even thought about it. But instead, what I have, I stuck it aside and it could say God loves you to someone who, you know, 
isn't going to hear that otherwise. And that's why we get excited when we have those opportunities. And so as we've had several occasions where people from our church could go over and help put a well in a village that changes the lives of hundreds of people there in some little dark part of the world. And everyone who gets water from that well knows this came from somebody who loves Jesus and who wanted to say that they love us. And if you ever go on a trip like that, then no one will ever have to remind you to do it. It's a radical opportunity to make a a lasting difference. And so that's what Paul is telling them. You guys are so, you have so much, you're so turned into yourselves. Why don't you extend your vision of who the church is? And why don't you look for opportunities? and, And maybe you can even, we all can't go, but We can all send, we can all encourage others to go. We can say, hey, here's an opportunity. Go and represent us and do this. And so, you know, that's what what Paul's saying here. Look outside yourselves. And, And he said, hey, some of you can go with me. He was always taking people with him. And if a kid has an opportunity to do that, it can change their life too. You know, you go, oh, a bunch of kids going to Europe big deal. You know, it's like a vacation. Can they do something over there that someone over there can't do? Who knows? But I know this, that there are some kids who are going to be amazed that a kid from the United States took time off of their summer vacation to just come over and talk to them about Jesus. And I know that our pastor who's over there and his family and other missionaries will just go, it was so nice to have some kids from Orange County to come over and to do this. And if we as a church can chip in and help them, or for people who go, I can't go to Wales and I'm too old to get in on a youth trip, but just to provide a scholarship for somebody to go or something like that is the spirit of what Paul's saying here. Hey, reach out beyond your borders. Look beyond just who you are. Think about that. It's something that's really healthy for us and healthy for the body of Christ as a whole. Now he begins to share with them some more in verse 5 and says, Now I'll come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul lays out his plans for the coming months. He says, right now I'm in Ephesus, and things are going really good. God's really opened a door for me. And he said, the way I know that the door is open, there's a lot of enemies. There's a lot of adversity. Whenever you're serving God, you're going to have people who are causing you problems and circumstances that go wrong and health challenges and things like that. Adversity is something that comes with the territory. But Paul goes, I'm excited about the adversity because here I have the opportunity to serve God. So I'm doing that and I enjoy it and I'm probably going to stay here till Pentecost. But he said, I want to visit the churches up in Macedonia, Philippi and some of those cities, and I want to get over and see you guys too. And there were two different ways 
If you were in if you were in Ephesus where Paul was, you could head north and go over to Macedonia and then come down to Corinth. Or the quickest way to get to Corinth would be to go direct to Corinth and then head up north to go to Philippi and the other churches up in Macedonia. So, but what Paul's saying here is really touching, and I'm sure it meant a lot to the Corinthians. He goes, hey, I'm going to get over there, and I'm going to get to Macedonia. And he said, I would go to see you guys first, but I really want to spend some quality time with you. So I'm going to go to Macedonia first after I finish what I'm doing here, and then I'm going to come to you so that I can really focus on you and spend time with you. Paul was saying, I love to be with you. I want to give, no, nah, I'm just not trying to take from you. I want to give to you. I want to bless you. I want to just sit down and find out how you're doing. And again, this is another way in which the church can reach out instead of reaching in. Sometimes I think we ought to pray about and think about just going and visiting somebody. Maybe you know somebody who's planted a church and you know that they're having a hard time. We have missionaries all over the world. You know, unless you've lived in a foreign culture, unless you've been somewhere else, I doubt if we can really appreciate and understand how much it would mean for someone to come and see us. Again, I used to just poo-poo the whole idea of, oh, going and, you know, it's just a junket. Because I would think, who wants to see me? Who wants me to come and spend some time with them? I mean, if really all I have to offer is in those CDs and MP3s. So here, listen for free. But I've realized from, from traveling a little bit, and again, I limit my travels because, you know, I really feel my first calling is to minister to you and equip you and to send you out. But when I've gone to another country and spent time with them, I'm just frankly amazed. They appreciate me probably more than you do because they don't get me all the time. I'm a celebrity over there. And it just, and you would be too. They would just go, well, you're here? I can't believe you showed up in the Ukraine. You're here. I, I can't believe that you came to, to Africa or to El Salvador or to Guatemala or wherever. It means so much. And Paul understood that. And so he was traveling back to the places he had been before and said, I really just want to spend some time with you. Now, in the foyer, we have cards on all of our missionaries. And in, if you've never met any of them, you could start emailing them and reading what they have to say and getting their correspondence. And you can strike up a real personal friendship with them. And then you have no idea what it would mean if for your next vacation. You just happened to vacation somewhere near where one of our missionaries are, and you just went and spent a couple days with them. Brought them some stuff from here that they don't have over there. And it just... It, it's a way of saying the church spreads around the world. The church isn't just us. It's not just here. You know, if we wanted to, we could pool. I could appeal to you every week and, and beg you to give more money and spend less and lay guilt trips on you. And we could pile up a bunch of money and we could build a massive cathedral here and we could do all sorts of cool things for ourselves. and buy. But, you know... Ultimately, where does that end and what good does it do? You know, 
we do have to take care of ourselves here, and we do that, and God has provided for us very well. But do we understand that each of us has an opportunity to really be significant for someone else by just showing up and being there for them and spending some time with them? Now he goes on and he says, if Timothy comes, verse 10, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also do. Therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. And so he says, there's a young guy, Timothy. He's traveling around, learning to be a pastor, reaching out and doing missions work. You get the idea that Timothy still wasn't really polished. He's a young guy, a little awkward in his presentation. And Paul had told Timothy in his letter to Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth, but be an example of the believers. And now he's telling them, look, don't despise Timothy's youth. Understand, when he comes to you, you have a chance to support him, to pour yourself into him, to encourage him and send him on his way. He's doing what I do, and he's going to be doing it a lot longer than I can do it. And what I see here is that God would have all of us just to reach out to the young people around us who desire to serve the Lord. And if sometimes I have somebody speak and you're like, eh, they're not as good or, you know, can't you just hire a celebrity to come in and teach when you're not here? And no, nothing against that. I'm not knocking anybody who does that, but, but we're a church. The idea should be we want our young people to grow up and thrive and reach out and minister and make a difference. We want to train them. We want to encourage them to go on missions trips. We want to encourage them in their efforts. You know, yeah, they're young. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to do some goofy things. But it's as much of a blessing for us to bless our young people and to encourage them to go out. It's actually better than even for us to do it. How excited I get when I hear of young people who have a heart to serve God. There's nothing better. There's nothing more exciting because pouring ourselves into them and encouraging them means that God's work will go on through them. Outreach will continue long after we're, we are gone. So every opportunity that we have, we want to encourage and to mentor those who are young, as they were telling Timothy. Yeah, reach out, go out, send out, but also look for those young people that you can encourage. For some of us, hey, we're doing the best we can and we're serving the Lord, but, you know, our time is limited. People who are younger than we are have a lot more time. We need to be finding, identifying those and, and encouraging them along the way, not stifling them, not quenching the spirit in their lives. When we see youth doing things, often it'll be in a way that we don't approve of. We don't know about the looks that they have. You know, some of them are getting tattooed or, you know, they're listening to crazy music or they have wild ideas of ministry and whatever. Hey, bless them. Don't treat them disrespectfully. If they are trying to do what we are trying to do, then more power to them. I'm thankful for them, and we want to be supportive of them in any way that we can. And then he goes on, and finally in verse 12, and he says, Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, 
But he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. Apollos had ministered there in Corinth before. And in fact, he was the guy that earlier in the book, Paul was saying, some of you guys are Apollos seekers, and some of you are Paul seekers, and some of you are Peter seekers. It's like, oh, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. So Apollos had been a part of some division, but through no fault of his own. As a result, there are some commentators who tell us there were indications that Apollos deliberately didn't want to go back to Corinth because he knew that he had been a lightning rod for some division and controversy. And so he just figured it was easier to stay away. But Paul, who was on another side of that, was going, hey, go back, go back. See, Paul wanted to continue to support Apollos' ministry. Apollos ended up later going back to Corinth, but he was hesitant about it. But what I see in this also is something that's so important to mention in all of this that we are talking about. And that is, Paul didn't push or shove or insist or order or command people to do anything. He goes, man, I think you ought to do it. And he encouraged them. But if they didn't want to do it like Apollos didn't, it's like, yeah, he'll get around to it whenever. And I don't want anyone here to feel like I'm just going, come on. If you go to Claim Jumper today, no chocolate cake, 475 goes in the pot. No, if God speaks to your heart, if he has prospered you and as a result you, you want to give something or you want to do something, you want to plan a trip, you want to just reach out to some missionaries or you want to, then that's awesome. But God will not disgrace himself by begging for help. And it's never the idea that, oh, poor God, he's so broke, we need to chip in, bail him out of the mess that his love got him into. That's not the idea at all. If you don't take an opportunity to reach out, somebody else will have the opportunity and it'll happen and God's love will be spread. It's not, this isn't something to be pressured. That's why Paul said, don't go taking an offering while I'm there. That's embarrassing, humiliating to God. That's not what this is about. The New Testament teaches us that God will bless us if we give. What you sow, you'll reap. That's a principle. But at the same time, Jesus said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Don't give grudgingly, Paul said, or of a necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. So again, Paul is just letting us know, look, I'm not forcing this down your throat. Don't, don't go out of here all, oh, he's making us feel guilty again. Now I can't have that cake. No, go ahead and have your cake. It's okay. God loves you and he wants to bless you. But the idea is he's going, there's an opportunity to do something with a little bit of what you have, with a little bit of your time or your energy or your, or your finances. You can make a difference for eternity. We're listening to Pastor Dave Rolfe on The Balanced Word and part of a study in 1 Corinthians. Hear it again online at thebalancedword.com or give us a call and request a CD at 949-362-7475. That's 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave has taught through the entire Bible and we put it onto a USB for you. It's our featured resource right now, available for a donation of $30 or more. Request it right now at thebalancedword.com or call 949-362-7475.
It takes a team to bring these shows to the radio every day, and your financial and prayerful support is really an investment, helping to reach thousands with the truth of God's Word. Thank you for standing with us with either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support. Again, go to thebalancedword.com. Dave Rolfe is the pastor of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and loves to meet and greet his radio listeners. Visit us on a Sunday morning at 8, 945, or 1130. Those outside the area can live stream at ccpacifichills.org. Would you like someone to pray for you? Send that prayer request over to us at thebalancedword.com by clicking on Contact or call 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave shares helpful and encouraging one-minute messages on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out at CC Pacific Hills. And now here's Pastor Dave to close out today's program with more biblical encouragement to reach out. If you want to do it, do it. You'll love it. If you do it, if you share in this way, you're going to feel so good about setting it aside, setting vacation time aside, time aside, money aside, whatever, and reaching out with God's love. It's going to be great, but, but don't feel like he needs it. Don't feel like, you know, oh, all guilty if you don't do it. It's an opportunity, that's all. If you want to take the opportunity, you'll be blessed. If not, enjoy your cake. It's really okay. It's fine. It'll be all right. And so he's going, I don't push this on anybody. I'm just expressing to you. This is kind of the deal. You will be much better off if you will reach out. We'll finish up 1 Corinthians on the next Balanced Word. Pastor Dave Rolf will have a special word for us guys, encouraging us to man up and be the sort of guy God wants us to be. This program is listener supported and brought to you by Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hands. And the instrument I play. Wake up my